Hello everyone, it's a new season, fresh start, fresh optimism, and what better way to celebrate than a fresh series of BRFCS podcasts. So thanks for dropping by, and let's have a look now at what we've got in this edition. Hello everyone and welcome to this BRFCS podcast. Wimbledon's over, the British Grand Prix's been run and the Open Championship has only recently completed. So it's time for our minds to turn to football, which amazingly is just 11 days away. 5th of August too soon? No, I don't really think so. We did say if there was public demand we'd be back. So I'd like to thank all three of those people on BRFCS that said they'd like to hear more of these. And you three are responsible for tonight's podcast. Your panel for tonight's podcast includes Sheffield's most famous Rovers fan who shares a surname with a former Stoke City fullback, Mike Dillap. Mike, how are you? <laughs> Brilliant after that intro. I'll take that. Super. Like geniuses before him, such as Prince and Two Guy, he needs only one name to identify him. Yes, it's Cammy, and he's back with the podcast. Cammy, how are you? I'm all right, and even brilliant after hearing that. Thank you. Splendid stuff. Uh, and in a squad rotation move, perhaps worthy of Owen Coyle, the erstwhile host tonight becomes panellist, and the erstwhile panellist tonight becomes host. So in a bit of squad rotation as a result of muscle tightness, uh, Josh Boswell tonight is a panellist. Josh, how are you? I couldn't be any happier not to be presenting this, let me tell you that. <laughs> well, let's see if you still hold that view at the end of the evening. But let, let's, let's press on. In part two, we will also introduce a special guest, but anyone who's been following Cammy on Twitter tonight will know that it's Linz Lewis. So not much mystery, but a very special guest and a very warm welcome to Linz, and you'll be hearing from her very shortly. The running order tonight, in part one, we're going to be looking at off-the-field events since May. In part two, Linz will explain how a Nottingham Pace Scotland fan ends up supporting Rovers, and she will share her amazing charity fundraising efforts with us. And in part three, we'll turn to on-the-field issues, and particularly, of course, the pre-season friendlies, and we'll throw it forward to the, uh, to the start of the new season. So part one, off-the-field updates, incomings and outgoings, where well, we've seen Conor Mahoney and Jason Lowe go, and we've seen incomings, uh, Whittingham, Smallwood, Dak, Gladwin, Samuel, Caddis, it's been hard to keep up. Mike, can I start with you? Conor Mahoney, uh, traitor or just making a sensible career move? I'd love to find these people that call him a traitor, just round them up and put them in a small section so we can identify them easier. You know, you can't go chucking terms around like that. You know, we've, we've just been relegated. He's a talented player who is young and hungry and wants to get better and wants to play at a higher level. We haven't really offered him, you know, a solid, you know, background of playing opportunities. I mean, you know, when you, I think we even made the, made this comment last time. When you spend half the season behind Liam Feeney, you are going to ask a few questions about your future. And his agents obviously got in his ear and told him, you know, there's better out there for you. Let's go and find it. Whether that ends up being in the Bournemouth under twenty three side is, you know, is yet to be seen. But he's he's you know, without on paper, he's gone up two divisions. He's gone to play at a better level. He can progress there. Bournemouth have a good you know, record of bringing through young players. Uh, they did a good job with Josh King as well, a better job than, than we ever could have dreamt of doing. So I, trait is a ridiculous term to be throwing around. Just, you know, just a young player who's made a choice. And if that turns out to be a bad or a good one, who knows? But it looks a sensible one on paper, put it that way. Cammy, were you surprised that he ended up with a Premier League club? Yeah, um... I thought he would get a championship club, Barnsley, Nottingham Forest, quite a number of clubs were after him, but um, to get a Premier League club, uh, I was surprised by that, but just to reiterate, uh, back at what Mike said really, um, good move for him, definitely not a traitor, if he's going to Bournemouth, they've got a record of bringing through young players and Eddie Howe will will help him and, and, and good luck to him, absolutely not a traitor. Josh, do you think he'll end up out on loan or do you think he can force his way into the team? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll wait and see, though. Um, I think it's a cracking move. 
if that's any use. I mean, I think most people would go live on the south coast for more money and at a higher level. I must admit, I was surprised he made it to the Premier League, and I think it's uh, irrespective of who you support. We've seen Phil Jones move to Man United and uh, Wayne Rooney leaving and coming back to Everton. I think um, yeah, a career aspirations will certainly uh, will certainly count for more than than just the the time that you support as a, as a boy. Now, what about Jason? Jason, is he going to Bolton? Cammy, do you know anything? Uh, no, I mean he's Bolton. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Birmingham, all looking at him. He had a, a couple of weeks training with West Brom, I'm led to believe, and that was from John Williams, who sort of told Tony Cleese about him, that this guy's available, so they had a look at him. Um, but where he ends up, again, absolutely no idea, but definitely will be in the Championship. There's quite a few clubs looking at him. I got a sense that the Bolton thing had moved on a pace in the last 24 hours, but that's just Twitter noise, I'll grant you that. Mike, what are your thoughts? Would he, would he like it in Sheffield, do you think? <laughs> of course, it's sunny all of the time, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's difficult. I, you know, sometimes with some of our players, the last few seasons, they don't seem to perform very well at Rovers, and then they seem to make a move that seems strange at the time, and they end up, you know, playing much better in a better team and almost lead you to sort of believe in a... You know, in a way, it's like when you break up with an old girlfriend, like, you know, it's it's not it's not you, it's me, that sort of thing. You know, likes of Anthony Modest. I mean, crikey, me and Josh have made enough jokes over the years about him, but look at him. He was absolutely terrible at Rovers. And, uh, you know, as soon as he moved back to Germany, he's like, you know, the second coming of Ronaldo almost. Um, you know, Josh King mentioned him before. Same sort of thing. Looked a bit daft at Rovers. He was considered you know, a, a lesser option than Chris Brown, which is inexplicable uh, for more than one reason. Um, you know, so it's difficult to say. I've never really rated Jason. He, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he seems a nice enough lad and he, he works very hard. And, you know, he, I think it's one of those arguments, isn't it? You get a bit of a vibe of managers seem to think he does things that nobody else notices, which is a debate for another day. But uh, I don't know. I can't see how he'd fit into Wednesday, but maybe sort of like a you know a, a team that's just got promoted from League One, like Bolton. Maybe there's a place for him. I hope he is. I, I wish him very well. I think he'd be a good signing for Bolton. I have to say, I think he is very much in the water carrier mode. Mm. Uh, not one of my favourite players by a long stretch, but I think your point about a lot of managers picked him mm. and picked him in a number of positions. So presumably they're not all idiots. But, uh, now, one, one other player has left recently, um, despite his muscle tightness. Josh, have you any observations on the, the departure of Mr Stokes? Happy days. Everyone's happy. No, nobody comes out of that other than the Blackman Rovers accounts with anything but pure joy. I hope Anthony stays in Scotland. I hope he has a brilliant time and I hope never to hear his name again. I must admit, when he turned up for that signing wearing those jeans, I think his cards were marked from that moment on. Cammy, any thoughts on Mr Stokes? Oh, my favourite player. You stopped going off the back of Stokes, didn't you, Yeah, Carl? it was moral objections to his views about the real, real IRA, really, that sort of stopped me from going. I boycotted purely because of that. Um, so I'm delighted that he's gone and I can get my season ticket again. I suspect you're not alone, even if the reasons are different. I must admit, I saw very little on the field, and I heard an awful lot about his off-the-field activities that raised question marks. Right, let's turn around to something a little more positive then. We've signed a lot of players, and by League One standards, we've spent a lot of money. I'm going to ask a potentially controversial question here. Has anybody ever seen any of our players that we've signed live, with the possible exception of Peter Whittingham? Mike, uh, I've seen you? Whittingham. Do you know what? I'm just doing a mental checklist here. Smallwood, no. Dak, no. I'm, I'm losing names. I'm, 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 I'm feeling the Samuel scored against us, yes. didn't he? I've seen him. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Other than that, I can't think of anyone. I'm just going to go with they're all great and we're, we're definitely finishing second. I'd just like to repeat that. <laughs> of course, yeah. We need a new title for this edition. <laughs> of course. I'm sure you'll come up with something by the end of it. Bradley Dak, a lot of money for League One. Um, Cammy, what are your thoughts on, on spending so much money on one player in our situation? I think it mirrors when we came down from the Premier League, wasn't it? We, we got relegated and the 
transfer window before we came down. We hardly spent anything, and then as soon as we got relegated, uh, we decided to spend millions of pounds. Um, so this, in relative terms, is the same. We've come down to League One. We didn't spend anything in the January transfer window when you would have thought they would have tried to um, strengthen the squad and give us a better chance of staying up. Um, we come down and we start to spend money again. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot of money. To be honest, I've never heard of the player, never seen him play, but uh, people who I've talked to rate him quite highly for, for League One and, and they think that he could he could potentially be a player who can not only get us up but can then take that next step and be a good championship quality player. Um, he was brilliant season before last, wasn't as good last season but obviously Tony Mowbray sees something in him um, and, and he's willing to, to part with that kind of money and has managed to convince the owners to actually back him. Um, I, think it, I think we're back to that strategy that we had uh, with Gary Boyer where you know, he went and talked to the owners and they started to sign players who were 22, 23, 24, who were highly rated when they were 17, 18, 19, didn't make the grade then. Um, and Gary Boyer brought them into, into the squad and, and then managed to reinvigorate them and the club sold them on for a profit. So maybe it's that model that uh, Mowbray has convinced the owners to back again and that's why they're spending money on people like you know, Dak. I think the, the Gillingham fans seem to be um, giving him praise on Twitter. They seem to be sad to see him go, which I think is a reasonable barometer. It wasn't, thank God he's going. I was just sorry. I was going to jump in. I just wanted to know how professional these auditors were that came in to have a look at our accounts and had a look and thought, yes, feel free, spend lots of money. That seems to be a, a very strange conclusion to have reached from people who are apparently experts in their field. Mm, it's an interesting one. It certainly is an interesting one. I know the rules are different, aren't they, about financial fair play in League One, but the owners have to put the money in the share capital for it to to raise. So I suppose. The obvious conclusion from that is there are still sales to be made. What are the chances of Mowbray and Lenehan still being here on the fifth? Well, on the thirty-first of August, shall we say? What about Lenehan, Josh? Uh, for me, our best player, definitely our most valuable player. Um, so if he is going to go, he's you know he's got to be a decent fee. I'm not sure what a decent fee is. I I saw uh, Alan Myers mentioned about a million and a half plus some add-ons on Twitter, which I thought was very cheap for what would be our best player. But um, undoubtedly he's going to go. I, you can you can see all, all the telltale signs. He's not played tonight at uh, Grimsby. Um, the rest of the squad, even if they weren't in the, in the 18 or whatever it is for a friendly, were, by the sounds of it, all sort of sat with with the team on the bench, even if they weren't selected. Other than Lennyhan, so uh, that's that's typically one of the signs, isn't it? Well, I think Mikey and I can take it upon ourselves to uh, scout Sheffield and see uh, if he, if he comes out of any estate agents. That's usually a clue. <laughs> I think we used to look out for Jordan Roads at this time of year every year yeah. in Sheffield. Yeah, seeing if he wanted to to buy a house. Same with regards to Mulgrew and Lennyhan. It's like United and Wednesday have had a bit of a meeting and decided right, we won't both for both. You have one, you have the other, and we'll just take it from there. So not going to games last season, has Lenehan improved that much that he's worth potentially four or five million, or is that an inflated value? Because I, you know, I saw him uh, season before last, and I've seen him come through the under twenty ones, under twenty threes, but not really seen him play last year. Has he improved that much? I don't. I don't think it's a case of being worth four or five million, um, but. It's what he's worth to us, really. If you lose Lenehan, you lose a centre midfielder, a centre back, and potentially a right back, all in one foul swoop. So he's one of those utility players that can move around the pitch and and put in solid performance in a couple of positions. So to replace him, it's it's not going to be cheap. I think that's a good point, and I'm with you, Josh, on the observation about Alan Mines's comment. I think one and a half million is a bit low. I think five million is pie in the sky. And I think if we were offered maybe two and a half million with appearance add-ons to take it to three, that would be quite tempting. How you go about replacing it, I'm not entirely sure. But 
we've lost good players before we've replaced them, we've moved on. I think Charlie Moore grew possibly this might be controversial, is an easy one to lose because of his injury record. Um, when he's in the team, he is class, but he can't be relied upon. And if someone was to offer us maybe even a couple of million, that could be quite tempting. What do you think, Mike? He's in his early 30s, Milgrew, isn't he? Unless I've gone totally mental. So it wouldn't be the worst offer to accept in the world. And you're saying about having who would you replace him with. I mean, long forgotten Scott Wharton would hopefully... You know, again, step up and uh, and you know maybe try and make the position his own. I sound like I'm on the X Factor panel now or something, but uh, you know he he's on a journey. Exactly, exactly. You know, he's he's, he's doing it for his family as well. But he's you know, <laughs> I, I think you know, I think I think with Mulgrew, I'd be more inclined to if you if you offered me, you said you have to lose one, then absolutely it would be Mulgrew because I'm with Josh on the whole versatility of uh, of Lenahan. I think last year, you know, you could make an argument that if you watch the whole season, he was our best midfielder and best defender. Um, I remember some comment that we was made after uh, I, I went. I was I was fortunate enough to go with Ian to the Barnsley away game when uh, the the Owen Coyle Mafia were waiting in the tunnel waiting for a good shout at him at the end of the match, and he got sent off that game, Lenahan. And because he got sent off, there was a three or four people going on a big tirade about him, which completely ignored the fact that he was by far and away our best player on that day. And I think any game I saw last year, he was easily in the top two or three players that played on the day. Uh, I, I know, I know, it all comes down to the fact we're relegated, and there's big, you know, a big fee might be involved if we're lucky. But I'd still be very, very loath to lose him. I think he could be key next year if we can somehow convince him to give League One a shot for a, you know, six to twelve months. Yeah, if those two guys were still here at the end of the transfer window, I think uh, the predictions um, would have to be upscaled about where we should finish. But it, uh, there's a long way to go. You imagine more big money as well. I don't know what he's on, but um, yeah, you, you'd if someone you'd said that Mulgrew's on double what Lanihan's on, I wouldn't say no, he's not, and I wouldn't say Mulgrew over the course of a season gives you double what Lanihan does. <coughs> I was. I think Ian made some points to me privately once. I'm hoping I'll have to share this, but I think there would have been a lot of merit in incentivising Mulgrew's contract if we had any sort of negotiating noose about us. Because uh, I think he's a very special player, Mulgrew. But like you say, you can't be. You know, you, you can't pin him down for 30, 35 games a season and guarantee that it's very pot luck. I think what you get out of him over that get out of him over that period of time. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. So one one thing I saw tonight, um, of course, Jason Steele gave his gloves away before the game at, Grist- at Grimsby, apparently, so that means he's definitely off, and there's a rumour that we're after Connor Ripley from Middlesbrough. So if, if Stuart's had a word in his ear, I don't know whether that will be a positive or a negative thing. Cammy, have you heard anything about uh, our changing goalkeeping roster? I've not heard about incomings, but um, obviously it was being reported in the northeast in the local press that... Um, um, Sunderland are looking to tie up a deal for Jason Steele for close to half a million and then some add-ons uh, depending on them uh, getting promoted which I think is a is a fair deal because we've got Raya coming through and he should rightly be on number one now again from what I saw last year yeah, albeit highlights uh, Steele did make quite a number of mistakes so maybe it's time to move him on and 500,000 and some add-ons will be, uh, will be a good deal perhaps what it was when he first came in and under pressure he just seemed prone to making some of those errors and maybe he just needs a fresh start. with Connor if that's any use. He'll live next door but one. I'm not sure how to follow that. <laughs> what, what do, what, is he any good in goal? I guess is the obvious um, question. Well he is good in goal but only because he had an older brother called Josh who was an incredible st- at, uh, at sort of school level striker. He was uh, captain captain of the school team, captain of the regional team, stopped playing football in the end, but basically for a, a good four years, all we did all summer was kick balls at Connor. There we go. So if he, right. if he joins us and he's a success, then uh, you've played your part. Sorry. So hang on, he had, a, he had a brother called Josh. Is this some sort of podcast exclusive? <laughs> Boswell is Ripley's closet son or something. <laughs> no, ju- just a fluke. Good name. That's what it is. 
So with all these new players coming in, I'm expecting a raft of new memes. And I'm looking at you in particular, Mike, because you're down with the young people and that sort of thing. I haven't a clue what I'm talking about, but I just thought I should mention memes. I've seen that you've you've started one or two already, and Bradley Dack seems to be the focus of one or two of them. Have you got some more in the pipeline for us? Well, I've I've been lazy, admittedly. I I came out with that, which I was quite pleased with. I'd put that at a good seven and a half, eight out of ten for the Dack one. Uh, which for all you meme fans is, oh my God, it's Dak again. Uh, Backstreet Boy trivia for the 90s. Um, but uh, yeah, but I've back, I've, off the back of the success of that one, I've had a little bit of a lazy period, so I need to get my thinking cap on. And uh, anyone's got any good suggestions for Smallwood without being overly rude <laughs> uh, would be good. If anyone's got any suggestions for Dominic Samuel, uh, again, I'm, I'm all ears, I'm all ears. We can brainstorm together. Don't put the pressure on me. I think, Josh, uh, in, in a reveal before the podcast started recording, you've got a little uh, nickname for our new striking partnership. Are you willing to share? Yeah, the uh, the strike force from this point forward is Sam Ham. Oh. <laughs> we've had we've had the SAS. We've had um, what was the what was the rubbish one about Chris Brown? There was one about Chris, just insinuating Chris Brown was rubbish. But it's now just Samham. Samham. We also, with Smallwood and uh, and Samuel, have Dick and Dom in our squads. Some potential. Come on, we can't improve on this. Scraping the barrel. Okay, moving on. Um, Umbro. I think they've pulled out all the stops this year. I think we've got the best two new kits for a long, long time. What do we think, Mikey? You were complaining about the sleeves a couple of weeks ago. You I was totally worried about the it, sleeves. It. It's true. I was worried about the sleeves. I thought they were going to follow the whole city model, but they don't. They're plain black, and I'm cool with that. I, to me, most black, well, all Blackburn Rovers away kit should either be that wonderful shade of orange or black and red. They're, they're, other than that, they are just garbage to me that should be used as something to put over your table if it's getting a little bit messy. You know, the, this, the, the ones they bought out this year, yeah. I can live without the sponsor on the front. I've never been a big fan of betting companies on the front of shirts. In fact, most of their logos look absolute garbage to me. But um, yeah, I think they've I think they've done really well. I could live uh, another thing just to moan about whilst we're on a bit of a rant. The price of the kits, of course, just universally is ridiculous, especially for young kids and stuff. Are you trying to get into the game? But the designs, yeah, I, I don't think I bumped into anyone who could really say much negative about them. I think they look bloody smart. Can Yeah, first time in a long time that I've bought both kits. Absolutely love the design, wow. love the red and black. It's classic design uh, and, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Can't go wrong just, with it. Just wonder how many of our younger fans will remember that from the first time round and how many of my age group will be up the loft digging it out <laughs> to save money because that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> but there we go. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in classic negative Josh mould, I think I'd probably buy both if I didn't think the money would end up in Bladgerell's pocket somewhere along the line. Good man. <laughs> That's the spirit. Uh, <laughs> happy Christmas. <laughs> okay, moving down my agenda then. Academy. Eric Kindra's joined uh, erstwhile Rovers assistant manager Neil McDonald at Limerick and Stuart Jones has been promoted internally. So is that a sensible progression and promotion of an internal candidate who's made out for the job or is it a stunning lack of ambition? Cammy, what do you think? I think it's sensible. Um, he's the architect of us getting the Category 1 status again this year. Um, so he's done all that work. And he deserves his chance to be the the academy director. So I think it's sensible. It gives us some continuity. He knows the structures that are in place, and uh, it's a sort of fresh ideas. Hopefully, obviously, Eric Kinder and his team did a magnificent job. We've had so many good young players come through over the years, but maybe now we can go in a new direction, fresh ideas. But we've got that continuity with uh, promoting somebody from within, who's obviously been heavily involved in us getting the Category 1 status again. And that's crucial for us. Um, We have to produce more. I don't think we've produced as many in the last five or six years as we should have had, as we should have done. I think that's one area where we've really struggled. You know, you look at Lennon coming through and he's probably... uh, Maybe Wharton will make an impact next year. It would be good to say. I always think that the fans respond very well to two or three homegrown players coming into into the side. So it's something I I, I look forward to. I think the... Uh, 
sorry, sorry to Ian. I think the thing that we've got to realise is when Steve Keane was in charge, he completely dismantled the scouting structures. Both. I find that hard to believe. I know. Man. I know you're shocked. I know everyone's shocked. But the, stunned. <laughs> the local, it's, the it's national. It's almost like he didn't need them because he was being told who he needed to sign anyway, isn't it? Mm. That could never have happened, could it? That could never have happened. What about big shout? Whilst we're talking academy, by the way, big shout out to uh, Ryan Yambe. Could be a big season for him as well. Uh, Slotting under the radar there. Yeah, that's another one that really uh, sort of surprised me on Twitter. People were having a go at us for giving him a new contract. I thought he did really well last year again from what I saw. And, you know, the club seemed to have learned from the mistake with Conor Mahoney. They've actually gone and signed up a young player who's done well, who's potentially going to become a first-team regular, could you know play at a much higher level. So we sign him on a contract and we get criticised for that. Mm, can't win. I th- He's got to keep the Scottish cafe out there, hasn't he? That's the only thing. Oh, I th- big job. <laughs> the Scottish cafe. What a player. Um, I think you've been pretty harsh there on the academy, Ian, if I'm honest with you. Do you? Yeah, okay. Raya, Lenehan, Niambi, Mahoney... Wharton, I mean, you know, they, even if the squad fillers, you know, squad fillers cost you money. Well, I guess that's my point. I guess that's my point. R- Raya has only just really forced himself into the first team. Uh, Nayambi, yeah, he came through last year. Wharton, we sent out rather than play. So, yeah, yeah maybe you, I am. Ian, maybe what I you've am. done, Ian, is you've savaged the second coming of the Ajax Academy with no good reason. <laughs> It just teaches me to do a bit more homework before we record one of these. So it's all well and good us thinking about who we're going to keep and who we're going to sell. What, what, yeah, what does Tony do? Well, I am currently reading Twitter, reading from Rich Sharp, the Telegraph, Lancashire Telegraph reporter, and he has just put this quote up. So this is a live scoop. Tony Mowbray, there's a few people looking at our players and thinking we're vulnerable. My message is loud and clear. We are not vulnerable financially. That's financially, not financially, which I don't know. It's not a real word. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's completely not a real word, but it's yeah. a very good quote Nothing. from Tony. Okay, lastly in part one, um, I follow, not an instruction, but a new product to enable you to um, sign up and listen to commentaries. And if you live overseas... Um, watch match highlights as well. Anybody signed up? Anybody, any thoughts on the stuff that's been produced? Josh, this is your strength. Yeah, good idea. I mean, it's going to get exploited, but you've got to be in the market providing a stable version. Um, There's no way on this earth that everyone's not going to be watching dodgy streams to it at some point in the next 12 months. I'm not having that. Quality-wise, there's a minimum of one camera I saw on there, which it's going to be dull watching 90 minutes and just one camera angle, but it's better than nothing. Um, Really? Just one camera angle? That's the minimum. So for all football league clubs, you'd imagine, believe it or not, we we can actually get lower than League One. But League Two clubs, um, there's a few of them said that it's just one camera. Um, You'd like to think. I don't know how much how much uh, career TV over at Ewood have to do with it nowadays. Um, but you'd like to think we'd put more than one camera up. Yeah, that was that's all in the name though, Josh. I follow. One person follows with one camera. <laughs> 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 Running around the pitch <laughs> following Blair the ball. Project, the <laughs> well, we'll keep a close eye on that. Like you, Josh, I think uh, it opens up the door to illegal streams and we can't possibly condone that, can we? <coughs> Excuse me. Right, that's the end of part one. Uh, Stay with us, and in part two, we'll introduce our special guest. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of this edition of the BRFCS podcast. And in part two, this time, we're going to introduce a special guest, Linz Lewis. Linz, are you there? I am. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Now then... My understanding is that you are a Nottingham-based, Scotland-supporting Rovers fan. How on earth did that come about? I think I didn't have enough misery following my international team, so I thought I'd best just add Rovers in as well. 
um, which isn't actually the truth. The truth is Scottish family, Celtic family, moved to Nottingham, met Tim Flowers' family in a pub one day. They took me to Ewood and the rest is history. 25 years later, I'm still making that trip every second Saturday. So at least, at least you got in during the good days. Yeah, so I think I very naively, when I was young, thought that would always happen. Oh, oh no, no, no. Um, and yeah, still make that journey every two weeks or so, three hours each way. So all good fun. Fantastic. Absolutely, yes, all good fun. <clears throat> what's your earliest Rovers memory? Would that be it then, meeting Tim? Yeah, Clowns? so... What's, your, what's the game that you can remember? Yeah, first time, I was probably six or seven, and the earliest memory was just how big everything seemed. Ewood seemed huge. Everything was just so exciting. And yeah, I got to meet Tim. And again, when you're a kid, you think you're always going to get that. But I've been trying to meet Craig Conway for years with no luck, so... Well, we've got to thank the Nottinghamshire Constabulary, the Lancashire Constabulary for that, I think, based on the... Uh... Yeah, the, the restraining order... <laughs> the cease and yeah, the restraining order is quite prescriptive as to how close I can get to it, but I'm still trying. OK, that moves me on to my next question. Nice, then. So, uh, your favourite player uh, is Craig Conway. In, Why yes, in, in the current squad. Well, it's what, what more could you want? He's Scottish, he's got a beard. It's, it's what it for me. <laughs> <laughs> when we signed Charlie Mulgrew, how much uh, sort of trauma did that introduce then? We know well, I mean, the females of Twitter, we did go into meltdown. I actually think some of you boys commented on some of the threads that we had. I mean, it was no Jordi Gomez day, but it was a pretty exciting day, to be honest. Yeah, just treating men as sex objects. I don't know whether we can tolerate that mm. on the podcast. I think it goes against... I think you invited the wrong guest if you didn't want yeah, that, to I... be fair. <laughs> Look, ever since we've sold Tommy Spur, talking about male attractiveness in football players is dead. It was a difficult time. This is Mike only gay for Jordan (laughs) Dillap. That was my hashtag, just so we're clear. Oh, was it? I do apologise. I do apologise. How could I have got that so wrong? So, Linz, where do you think we're going to finish this season? We all predicted... uh, Well, we didn't actually, because we didn't ask Cammy, because he wasn't on last podcast, so I'll nobble him in a second. But where do you think we're going to finish this season? What do you you think lies in store? I don't want to be like Little Miss Positive, but from what I've seen in pre-season, I think there's a change in attitude. I think the new players have settled well. Something just feels different. So I'd certainly be disappointed if we weren't in the playoffs. But for me, we've got to want to go out and win it. I think we've got the right man in charge, and it's who we can keep a hold of. We brought in, from what I've seen, some decent players. But who are we going to lose? But yeah, for me, we go out to win. Fantastic. And you too, I'm sure, like me, will think that uh, a visit to Wembley in the Checker Trade Trophy is is The Checker Trade Trophy just hurts my heart. I just don't get it. That and the Caribou Cup or whatever they're calling it this week. Just no. (laughs) I am having something put in my contract that means we never, ever, ever mention the Checker Trade Trophy. You've got a contract. No, I've just. No one told me about contracts. I, I've been. I've literally it. just made that up. But I want one drawn up now, immediately. <laughs> we're all we're all on we're all on short term trials, basically. <laughs> yeah. There's a heavy squad rotation in place, so there we go. So anyway, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast is uh, it became apparent on your Twitter feed over the last few months that you've been doing some absolutely extraordinary fundraising events. So could you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and um, what you've been raising money for? Yeah, um, so anybody that follows me on Twitter, which is at Lewis 15 for anyone who doesn't, will have seen the hashtag for Megan fundraising that's been going on. Um, so to set the scene, Megan was a 14-year-old uh, Rover season ticket holder, um, a whole family of Rover season ticket holders, so granddad, dad, little sister, more cousins and uncles than you can imagine, so it's a real Rover's family. Uh, Megan passed away in February and... Uh, prior to her passing away she was treated at Sheffield Children's Hospital so um, some of you guys listening may remember that there was a a minute's applause in the 14th minute of the game against Derby in February and that showed me that there was a real desire amongst our community our football community to do something in Megan's memory so hashtag for Megan came from there and it's grown from what I imagined would be something very small to actually something that at times has been busier than my actual job so I'm really hoping that my my employer isn't 
everything um so yeah it's been it's been fantastic so people have really jumped on board with it um, and it's been a really good opportunity to speak about Megan and to raise money for a hospital that although it's based in Sheffield treats young people from all over the country yeah, Sheffield Children's Hospital has a tremendous reputation as, uh, as both Mike yes. and I will be will be well aware uh, you're being very modest, though. You've done an awful lot of fundraising that has involved tremendous amounts of physical effort. Yeah. Um, so I turned 30 in November and I'd already signed up to do a half marathon as the least exercise orientated person in the world. That was going to be a massive challenge anyway, but decided to use that to sort of promote the hashtag for Megan campaign I then decided that wasn't enough and it was unlikely people were going to give me their money if I just did that so I've done a challenge sort of every month between April and the half marathons in September so yeah I think I've done two or three 10ks two 5ks there's a virtual marathon to come in August and then the Nottingham half marathon in September ends it all and then I'm just going to go and sit in a room somewhere and eat cake for a long long time and it will be well deserved and you do it wearing (laughs) rover shirts invariably is that right yeah so the first one we did in rover shirts um and they went down brilliantly we did that in nottingham and obviously with sort of the fawaz issues they're quite sympathetic to venkis out so we got a lot of supports we always run in a floral crown that's a rule um and yeah we'll be running the half marathon in rover shirts with something of megan's with us and with a very pretty floral crown and yeah hopefully hopefully continue to make her proud but it really has been down to the rovers community who have really embraced it with retweets and sponsorship and yeah it's got a lot bigger than i imagined it would that's fantastic so anybody listening to this that wants to contribute what's the best way to to get in touch with you or to make a donation so the Just Giving page is www.justgiving.com forward slash Lewis 15 My Twitter is at Lewis 15 and there's always something going on on there. So at the moment, we've got a signed and framed Rover shirt from the 2015-16 season. So we've got bids on that. We've got some athletics tickets that we're raffling off as well. Um, so if people can donate, brilliant. If they can't, if they can retweet, fantastic. If you've got anything that you want to give to me to auction that would be amazing and we've had some people do that we've had some things donated um so my two aims now are i'd like to start the half in september with two and a half thousand pounds and we're on about two thousand three hundred at the moment so still a little way to go and secondly megan's favorite ever player was dunny so i'm desperately trying to get dunny to use the hashtag for megan and just i think that would she would have loved that she would have absolutely loved if we could get involved so if anybody knows him or wants to harass him on twitter on my behalf please feel free that seems like a challenge that i think we can all take up Lynn's that sounds absolutely amazing and i think uh, congratulations to you for all the efforts you've done so far it's an amazing cause and you put an awful lot of effort into it and you met sheffield's favorite daughter of course jess ennis I did, yes. Um, you always imagine meeting your heroes and it being fantastic. I, unfortunately, was purple, keeled over, could barely stand, and there she was. And she's about six months pregnant at the moment and looks incredible. So the photo is just this amazingly beautiful girl <laughs> and me looking like I am going to need a stretcher. Um, but she was incredible. She's a patron of Sheffield Children's Hospital, so we were able to talk about that. I was able to talk to her about Megan. Um, so that was, it was wonderful. And I've been able to do some amazing things but obviously it's tinged with sadness as to why i'm doing them and the fact that she's not here to share them with but she would have loved all this she would love me embarrassing myself on a podcast she'd love the fact she's got her own hashtag so it's really important to me that people support it and continue to use it and like i say our entire family are rovers through and through so they're our own and i think we look after our own and we've proved that with this super Linz, thank you very much. Will you stay with us for part three? I will. I think you were at some pre-season matches, so you can can chip in. So that's part two. We'll come back in just a second with part three. Okay, 
everyone, welcome back to part three. And in part three, we're going to look at the on the field updates since the end of last season and the various pre season friendlies, including one that finished only a few minutes ago actually at Grimsby and resulted in another narrow victory for Rovers. So, so far, we've played Barrow away and won 2 1, played Sparta Prague in Austria, losing 1 0. That's a Sparta Prague squad that included Thomas Rosicki. Uh, an amazing win at York City, and we'll come on to that shortly. Uh, a narrow away win at Morecambe last week, 2-1, and then tonight's uh, tonight's win at uh, at Grimsby. So, uh, has anybody been to any of the pre-season friendlies? Linz, I know you went to York. What was it? Uh, what did you see there that caught your eye? Well, eight goals was a start. Um, yeah, Craig look- Conway. Craig Cobb, no, he wasn't there. He oh, was, he was going, so no, wasn't even on the bench. They left him at Ewood for safekeeping. Um, no, genuinely, I was really impressed. I did a lot of pre-season last season, and it was painful, genuinely painful. Whereas I actually really enjoyed it. I thought they played well, they rotated, they brought different people on. As much as I might not be a fan of him as a person, I was really impressed with Bradley Dark. I think he is going to set this league alight. Uh, Danny Graham looked like a completely different player to last pre-season when I thought he was quite heavy, he looked lean, he looked hungry and we could have had 12 or 13. It wasn't without its issues. The first 10 minutes or so, they were better than us, in my opinion. They had a big lad up front and he was dominating in the air. But once we got that first goal, it opened the floodgates. And yeah, we're not going to see him win 8-0 very often. So despite who the opposition was, I, I think it was a positive. Yeah, I think any wins are positive. A win by 8-0, even if it is against the pink team, I suppose. <laughs> it gives you some degree of confidence. Uh, York City, though, are, they're not even what in old money was the conference, are they? One, below. one level below that. So, yeah, I think we need to structure our expectations accordingly. But if it got them used to the sound of the ball hitting the back of the net, that can be no bad thing. But I think some of the other score lines have perhaps been more realistic. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on pre-season so far? Yeah, I mean, it's just for fitness, really, isn't it? The Beal and Endor. Um But it's... You feel like at least Mowbray takes it seriously, where this time last year um, they were spending more time playing <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> Cammy, from your perspective, what are you looking forward to? In- well, just what Josh said, really, is for fitness and we're winning games, so that's good. Um, been hearing stories about them doing some kind of extreme training at 8am in the morning, so... That that sounds interesting. Um, so the fat burning sessions, <laughs> the eight a.m. So yeah, so it's all good, burning. and it's just good to see so much positivity around the club because um, that wasn't there last year. Uh, but I I feel that people are positive. They're looking forward to the season, and these wins it just builds that confidence with the fan base and the, and the players. So yeah, so it's all good. As a guy who's worked uh, in financial services all his life, when I hear you talk about intense training at the ATM, I've got visions of them all queuing up to draw out their wages. <laughs> so <we're> just, <laughs> if the weight of those wages is sufficient to give them some decent aerobic training, well, all well and good, but there we go. Do we, uh, do we have a, a pro- favourite pre-season match that we fondly re- reference from days gone by? Mike? Yeah, yeah definitely. Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Chicho started, my favourite ever Rovers player. Do you know, I remember, I, I remember seeing Grabby um, away at Port play. Vale in a pre-season friendly, and he looked absolutely terrified. And I turned to my brother-in-law on the night and I said, "He will not make a player as long as I've got a hole in my backside." And sadly, I remember oh. his first ever interview on Radio Rovers where they asked him what sort of a striker was, and he replied, I like the ball at my feet. <laughs> you hope so, don't you? <laughs> Jason Lowe never said that. I remember the Barcelona game, actually, because so just... I was really excited to watch Saviola play, and I didn't really... Well, looking back, we actually watched Xavi play on Ewood Park for the best part of 70 minutes. And I, I completely, he was irrelevant to me. It was Saviola, who's now playing second tier Italy, is he? Something like Clive that. Clive played as well. Rivaldo played as well, didn't he? Yeah. Rivaldo was there, I think, at that time as well. Uh, I don't think Rivaldo I don't, I don't played. I know Puyol was on the bench. I remember that. Uh, Overmars. Yeah. He was yeah. in the team at that time. 
no no hopers group of no hopers that volley from Hughes was quite something yeah, there was never a bad Mark Hughes volley though let's face it, it was, uh, just coming on to the pre-season thing so I'm going to chip in like I always do but um, I think this pre- I mean I know they don't mean much results but I think how we start is going to be very uh, it's going to dictate really how the season goes the first five or six games because if we can hit the ground running you can feel a little bit of positivity building and we can you know it can give us a bit of a lift off but if we start to faff around at the start maybe lose a few games that we shouldn't there's always that little bubbling undertone of frustration and anger that's always there that could really start to surface again which we need to be very careful of so I think if we can build momentum and get the results in even just in pre-season get used to that winning feeling it's not the worst thing in the world even though people laugh at results in pre-season I'm a firm believer in momentum I must admit in, in, in terms of just getting used to winning games and yeah, the phrase I used earlier he, yeah, hearing the uh, the ball hit the back of the net is no bad thing I think Southend t- uh, took a bit of a hammering from Brighton tonight as well so if we can take any any small comfort from that we, we can do Linz do you have a favourite pre-season match from um, days of weirdly your? Blackpool away last season no would not for the fo- not Dare for the we football. Ask why? Clearly, did it in- I was no, going to say, did it have anything favorite, to do with football? That is my favourite pre-season game ever. She was, she was, she was chasing Craig Conway down Blackpool. That's Perth. just a standard Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Splendid stuff. Okay, so the league season starts a week on Saturday, as we know, but the two cup competitions have been drawn already. Um, what was the League Cup, the Carabao Cup? Uh, we've got Tony Mowbray's old side, Coventry City, away. Last time I was at the Rico Arena was to see Bruce Springsteen, so if I do make it to this game, I doubt I'll have a quite as enjoyable an occasion. But uh, what do we expect from that? Cammy, any thoughts? That's what I think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're concentrating on the league Definitely. this season, is that right? This Mickey Mouse tournament, a lot of them, I, I'm honestly not bothered by Checker Trig, whatever. Hey, it wasn't. It wasn't a Mickey Mouse trophy in 2002. Yeah, we don't we we owe uh, we owe Coventry though, don't we? They've done us a couple of times in cups recently. They had a couple of seasons in a row where they beat they us have. in the FA Cup. Yeah, Gunnison. Yeah, Leon Best as well, wasn't it? Crikey. Yeah, Leon Best, good. God, <laughs> yeah. surely not. Sure, no, not I think he that. did, didn't he? Have I got that wrong? I don't know. We'll look. We'll look at the. Can, we, can we Google during a, a podcast? Is that legal? I've I've just been I googling the Blackburn Barcelona game <laughs> <laughs> to see what the team. Was. I know we've moved I on know. the agenda now, Cammy. The windows. Let it go, Cammy. Let it go. <laughs> Okay, I will briefly mention the Checker Trade Trophy at the risk of Mike shouting me down, but we've drawn uh, Mark Hughes, he's at Stoke City, or uh, an approximation of a Stoke City side, and then our local nearest and dearest, Berry and Rochdale, who will also play in the league, of course, so that's a great chance to renew acquaintances, um, what, four times next season or whatever. Fantastic stuff. So I think we'll pass uh, swiftly over to that. So, any other business? Uh, Josh... What's going on on the BRFCS forum then that we should know about? Yeah, I thought I'd do a quick 30-second forum review. So starting right at the bottom, we have got Jude Nally. Alan Myers said he may be coming back and then he hasn't done, so that's that for another year. The um, the Rovers Fantasy League is on there for Premier League for this coming season. If you're not if you're not in, in time for the first game, you can't get in, and the rules are no Burnley players in your team. Everyone's laughing at Bolton because it looked like they were going under. I'd say don't hold your breath. It could well be us soon. And what else have we got? The Trust are trying to make the training ground an asset of community value, which is all good. There's the University of Burnley asking about the pies at Blackburn Rovers. And Rock Against Benkies on the 2nd of September at the Napier in Blackburn. And that's that is the forum at the moment. Oh, and, so, and we've put a big screen up, and everyone's getting really icy about a big screen. Okay. That that be the end of it. That's it. Pre-season. There we go. Yeah. But the sooner the football starts, the better. I think. <laughs> and, uh, absolutely. And that certainly reinforces that. So just outside Rovers at the minute, then um, Wayne Rooney, sensible or sentiment? Cammy. Sentiment. Mike. 
Mm, I'm undecided, but I, I, mm, yeah, sentiment. Sentiment. Linz? Sensible. Sensible? Mm. Josh? Sensible for me as well. 2-2. Two, two. Well, if, if I'm forced to put, to put the casting vote, I, I said when he signed, wholeheartedly sentiment. I just couldn't see any logic in it whatsoever. And then a few wiser heads than mine pointed out that Rovers over the years have signed a couple of old heads who've done some good sterling work for us like Kevin Moran and Gordon Cowans and players like that. So maybe he has got a role to do, but big, big wages. Paul Robinson's retired. Did that shock anybody? Because I thought he retired about three years ago. Mike? Uh, I wouldn't say it shocked me. I was aware that he was at Burnley and I was trying my best not to use a, a, a plethora of swear words in his direction at the time. But, you know, uh, he was he was a, he, he's not going to be remembered as a, you know, as a, as a Rovers great by any stretch, is he? Especially considering he followed the almighty Brad Friedel. But, you know, we're, you can't hold bad feelings against him. He's a, he, you know, he seemed a nice lad. He represented the club well. And yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't say I was shocked by it, but it seemed like a, a nice time for him to, Slope back onto Sky Sports every twelve months. Yeah, I thought he had uh, he had a quite a bad injury, didn't he, a couple of years back? And I thought he'd retired then. And of course, he turned up at Burnley. I had the pleasure of meeting him outside the Magpie Cafe in Whitby as we were queuing up to get fish and chips one uh, one Sunday on a bank holiday weekend. And he he very kindly agreed to have a photograph taken and looked absolutely terrified in <laughs> the photograph. <laughs> which what did you say <laughs> which, to him? Uh, well, would you mind awfully having a photograph taken with me, Paul? I am a Rovers fan. Maybe that surprised him that a Rovers fan was in Whitby. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, there we go. So, Cammy, we didn't ask you for your predictions. Um, maybe this is the title of this podcast then. So the title of the last edition was We're Going to Finish Second because that was what Mike predicted. Where are we going to finish this season? We're going to finish second. We're, you can't have that. What, we're still <laughs> yeah. going to finish second. That's just going to... Yeah. We're going to finish second part two. Finally. That could work. The sequel. Finally, someone. I think Burry are going to, I think Burry are going to finish top and we'll finish second. Okay, that'd be interesting. No, Burry. Burry are signing some really good players for this league. So that's who I'm going for. Burry to finish top, Rovers to finish second. Cammy, you, you just wanted a slice of the delight ridicule. That's all you wanted. <laughs> So I think the title of this podcast should be Linz Goes Wild in Blackpool. <laughs> Go for it. You okay with that Absolutely. Yeah. I, can, uh, I can give you photos if that helps. <laughs> well, well, everything for the publicity campaign. Remember, it's a, the more it's, retweets, a family, the better. it's a family podcast, Linz. Again, you've got the wrong guest. <laughs> Super. Well, thanks very much, everyone, on the panel. So thanks very much to Mike, to uh, to Cammy, to Josh, and our special guest, Linz, of course. And just to remind everybody, uh, she's raising money for a fantastic cause. So if you're on Twitter, look at at LinzLewis15. And we'll also, when we retweet the links to uh, to this podcast, we'll, we'll put in a link to a Just Giving page as well. But uh, fantastic effort uh, all around there. So uh, if everybody's good, I think we'll wrap this episode up now. Thanks, everybody, and, uh, and good night.